Steve Schlangen is a dairy farmer, a member of the National Milk Producers Federation Executive Committee, and chairman of Associated Milk Producers, Inc., also known as AMPI. He milks 65 Holsteins with a robotic milker on his family's farm near Albany, Minnesota, in the heart of Minnesota dairy country. 65 doesn't sound like a lot of cows, but a family can still make a living off it, Schlangen said. And with changes in technology, higher milk prices, and a new federal safety net for dairy producers, an enterprising young farmer might even want to consider going into dairy. Crazy though that may sound, given what dairy farmers have faced the past few years. Dairy Defined spoke with Schlangen at the NMPF annual meeting in New Orleans. We started by talking about the tough patch the industry has faced, but ended up with a hopeful look ahead. Well, in the last few years, you know, it's been tough. We, we thought we were going through a regular cycle. Like a, we knew after 2014, at really good prices, that it's going to lead to low prices for a while. Um, at, we, we went through quite a bit of that. It was tough. We thought we were coming out of it. Then the tariffs got put in place, and it took us right back down or below where we were the year before, and that, that really hurt us. And then, well, we come into this spring, and then we have really wet weather and it was really hard to get our crops in the field. Challenging to replant corn and, and get everything in, one, not just once, but maybe twice in a lot of situations. Got that going and then uh, midsummer it got hot and dry and the faucet turned off. And, um, but even though we do have good heavy soil and our crops hung in there pretty good and by late summer we started getting rain again and the crops turned out to be pretty good but uh, they were very challenging to get harvested again this fall with all the rain. It's just been raining ever since August. Uh, so it's been a challenging year as far as getting everything done, but you know, you gotta take it all, all in stride. And uh, my neighbor always said, whenever you have a really good crop, it's always hard to get out of the field. And it just seems like that every year. And I remember 1988 when we had almost no crop was easy harvesting. You could drive everywhere. But corn was knee high. It was knee high twice that year. <laughs> so It's always a different challenge in farming. Every year, yeah. What year did you start with dairy? Because you said 30 years, but you just referred to 88. I started in 1986. Oh, okay. I, I, um, I, I actually was a, came from a family of 12. I was number 10, and I didn't really have an opportunity to take over the home farm. So I was working out. I worked did construction work for a few years, worked for another farmer for a few years. Uh, ended up working at the Granite Company in Cold Spring, Minnesota for about a year um, when I decided it was time to try something different. And I, I quit my job. I bought a herd of cows and I rented a barn and I started buying my feed and um, started milking 28 cows. And it was right after the whole herd buyout, about six months later. Everybody thought it was nuts to get into dairy. Um, might have been the best time in the world to get into dairy. Because um, three years later we bought that farm and we bought it about half price of what it was in 1981. And we built, since then we built every building on the farm, except maybe the old shed and old granary and an old garage. We built a new dairy barn, a new heifer barn, a new house, a new, hay shed, a new uh, calf facilities, bunkers, systems. So that, with the help of ex-friends and ex-relatives who don't claim me anymore because I always call them to come and help, um, 
it was a lot of work, but I used everything in my power to, you know, I worked for another farmer my first four years. I didn't own a tractor the first two years. I, I'd work for him, rent his machinery to do my field work. And one by one, I'd buy things and start having my own and then eventually got to take off on, on my own. When I started, it was in a tie stall barn and we went from a 40 cow tie stall barn and three years later we built a 60 stall freestall barn with a parlor and then now we're milking with a robotic milker so we've kind of evolved to just to, you know where you can actually get more production out of maybe a few more cows or almost the same amount of cows and be more efficient and have a real lifestyle that is good for the family how many cows are you milking now? Around 60. Okay. Yeah, we have one, one robotic milker. And, you know, if I wasn't the chairman of the board and being gone as much as I am, I'd maybe would have upgraded and I could easily handle twice that with two robots, but it would take a bigger investment again. Or if one of my boys would want to come home and farm, maybe that would be different. Then we'd probably do something. But for now, this is working out pretty good for us and uh, we'll just keep on plugging. I, dairy is a cyclical business. Um, there were low price problems in 0203. 2009 is a legendarily bad year. And yet you said that this period may have been the most difficult. What made this more difficult than some of those other hard times? I think some of those other times we actually had maybe a little better safety net with the MILC program. I'm not sure about the early 2000s, but I think in 09 in that area, I think we did have. Uh, a feed cost adjuster with the MILC program and it actually helped our smaller farms to keep afloat. Um, this time around the 2014 Farm Bill and the MPP program it really didn't offer you know because things got changed and we really didn't get what we thought we were getting and it, it was really a, a disappointment and um, had we have had what we have now with the DMC we'd have a lot more dairy farms around yet. Have you seen any impact from the DMC? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, the day it got signed into law, I felt better because I knew it was there and I was hoping we wouldn't even need it. But at least I knew there was a safety net that was gonna be pretty solid. And to know that's in a, gonna be here for the next five years, it just makes you start focusing again on what plans you might have down the road because you you don't have to worry about just surviving anymore. You you kind of got a safety net where you know if you take care of things on your farm, you're going to be okay. Um, it's kind of a blunt instrument though, isn't it? I mean, you're looking at this margin and price calculation. There's a lot that goes into a dairy farm. How can you know that 950 will be, be a number you can hit and, and, and that's a survivable level to be? Yeah, but you know, if you grow your own feed... Um, you kind of got that price locked in and when you see the feed price prices in that formula you also realize that they can't go much lower so if you add a 950 uh, margin on top of a low feed price it gives you a minimum milk price that you think well feed prices go up you know I'm gonna get a higher milk price and I'll be I'll be doing okay um, so I mean it's way better than what we had and it's I know there's no guarantees anywhere, and there probably shouldn't be, but every other country in the world, any major country, the European Union, they all support their family farmers. 
and this does it through an insurance program, which is a pretty, you have a pretty good argument that you're paying for coverage that's there to protect you. It's not just like a handout from the government like they might get in some other countries. So it wasn't the concept, because this is a 2014 Farm Bill concept, and you just said the 2014 Farm Bill didn't help you out too much. It wasn't that the concept was bad. It was that the support levels, the design of the program wasn't really calibrated to the conditions a dairy farmer really faces. Well, yeah. When 2014 came into effect, I think we were looking at, we were as high as a $15 feed price formula in like 2011, 2012 and there. And you add a 650 on top of that, you're looking at 2150 for your milk. Little did we know that a few years later, our feed price would be down to 775 or something like that. And now you add 650 and you're at 14, 14 and a quarter. So uh, the concept was right. We, we, I helped with the 2014 Farm Bill and MPP, I was part of it. Um, we thought it was gonna be pretty good, but then it changed the formula the way they calculated it they reduced it by 10 percent and at the same time the feed prices dropped on almost all commodities and for people that grow their own that just hurt us in a couple different ways now you're not the only person who's facing the price environment that we're in and and you're well aware of this you're the chairman of of ampi um as a cooperative how do you deal with a situation like this for your members because dairy farmers form cooperatives so they can help out other dairy farmers. I mean you got to do the best you can as far as being efficient in your cooperative. Um, we've expanded our plants, we've put in new technology to get better better yields, better returns. We've closed some plants because of their small inefficient plants. Um, you just can't pay farmers what they deserve to get paid if you're running inefficient plants. So. You do whatever you can to get the best return for your farmers while still keeping your cooperative in a financial position that it's going to be around. What's the different challenge of being a dairy farmer now versus when you started? If you want to be around, I think, now, just like way back when, you, you got to have production, you got to take care of your cows, you got to have cow comfort, you have, ge have genetics, you have to have good management. Um, you got to be able to manage money and invest your money wisely on things that return the quickest probably and not things that are just nice to have you know things have gotten easier as far as labor i mean i mean as far as physical uh work on farms we used to handle a lot of small square bales and do a lot of physical labor now it's more about speed and getting things done less physical labor but a ton more stress i believe and maybe part of that is because you don't have the physical labor to work that stress off like we used to. But I, th I still think, though, this could be a really good time to get started. You know, you, you, we have a safety net now that if you're a young producer, you could go rent an empty barn. And there's a lot of them out there. You could buy some cows. They're not very expensive right now. And you work in, with your neighbors, and they could supply your feed and take your manure and you wouldn't have to make all the huge investments in land and machinery and equipment. Um, you just take care of your cows and your farm, your farm place and you probably do pretty good. Have you seen anybody talk about trying to do this? I, I know there's a lot of young people out there that would love to try some things. Um, and I'm not sure if bankers are just ready, willing yet to go very far, but... It helps if the bankers know that there's a safety net at 950, 100. Oh, right? absolutely. Absolutely, and um, so it might just take a little time for them to 
understand everything and and hopefully to have confidence that that safety net's going to continue. Um, you know, the other thing that's different now than was back then was the interest rates are really low. I mean, I remember starting in 1986 and I paid 12% interest on almost everything. And when it went down under 10%, I thought, wow, this is low interest rates. If we were to see over 10% right now, I don't know what would happen. But what you're saying in general is it seems like you, you have reasons and not just wishful thinking, but to have some hope for dairy, that there is a future in this industry and it can be a bright one. I think so. Um, you know, it, it's challenging, but I know, I think it's been, it's always been a tough, it's always been a tough industry to be in. It's always hard work. It's always been physical. It's always been seven, 24 seven. But I think with new technology, I mean, I, right now I could probably double my herd size, have two robots, milk 10 times the cows my grandpa did and have way less work than he ever had back then. Um, so I think as time has changed, our family farms have had to get bigger, but they could get bigger because there's technology to help you with the labor and with, uh, with the management and with the handling of the animals and everything. So. It, you know, it's just after you go through five years like this, I mean, nobody even wants to talk about maybe starting up like the, you know, and I don't know if I'd even want to have my boys come home and take over right now after what we've gone through. But I also know at the end of the day, everything we have after 30 years of farming came from milking cows. And I don't think I would have that if I would have been working somewhere or doing something else. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I was my own boss, and I could do things my way, and we got away. I mean, we'd find people to do chores and got away, and you can choose to do that if you want to, or you can choose not to do that if you don't want to. One of your responsibilities at AMPI is you are engaging on policy, and I'm sure there are members who look at you as a way to update what's going on in Washington, D.C. So what are three or four things in recent years that you felt like have made a positive difference, and what would be three or four things looking ahead that are real priorities for you in terms of ways in which the federal government could be helpful for dairy producers? Well, I think for sure the last you know, few years in coming up with this dairy margin coverage. Um, that was maybe, to me, one of the biggest victories that I've seen in my career. And to me, that it gives us stability. It gives us a brighter future, I think, something that we can be able to sleep at night and our bankers can realize that we're going to be okay and we're going to, we'll be around. Um, going forward, I still think we need that safety net, but I think these trade agreements could be huge. I mean, I think there's opportunities around the world that we can get products into that where consumption is increasing, the middle class is increasing, and uh, we have the products to fill fill those markets, and we just gotta keep, make, keep working hard so we get a fair shake at it, so we are on a level playing field with other parts of the world. It sounds like that vision of being able to get started on your own and build your way into dairy farming and, and making a good life out of it doesn't sound like you think that's a dream that necessarily can't happen in 2019. I think if I was that age again and I had that opportunity again, I'd do it again in a heartbeat. That was Steve Schlangen, an Albany, Minnesota dairy farmer, chairman of Associated Milk Producers, Inc., and a member of the National Milk Producers Federation's executive board. 
And that was the Dairy Defined Podcast. Talk to you in a couple weeks.